Everybody ready? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. Joe. God damn. Oh my god, why are you like this? <laughs> Real hard to be friends with sometimes. No, I get it. <clears throat> Hello, friends. Welcome to Brainworms, the podcast that continues doing this because no one has chosen to stop us yet. <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm David. I'm Kane. And I'm Chris. And today we're digging into the old creepy carbonara and reading. I hate that no one else is is as amused by that as I am, by the way. <laughs> Joe, you're sad. What's a carbonara? Yeah. Oh my fucking god. Damn it. It's a pasta dish. Because it's anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the uh creepy creepy pasta library. Because honestly, I'm kind of academically interested in creepy pasta as a concept because it's just these weird internet campfire stories that get passed around and i think that's interesting agreed yeah yeah it, is this it, another jeff the killer yeah let's say it. it's interesting until you read jeff the killer jeff the killer is a classic fuck you guys <laughs> hemingway pales in comparison <laughs> jeff the killer is definitely a classic fuck you <laughs> but no we're actually reading at least what's reputed to be a good creepypasta uh, we were reading the Russian sleep experiment. Ooh, I do like this one a lot. Yeah, see, and you you doubted me in my speaking my of experiments. I I have to ask because you know we we've been in chat, not necessarily recording, but uh, listeners, Chris just mentioned that you don't store your bread and your salad in the same jar, which of course led me to. <laughs> Think about the process of storing mm-hmm. your bread and or salad in jars. And I just see just this closet space that's like a it's like a a cross between a refrigerator and like a walk-in mm-hmm. fridge, you know? And on one side of it, there's just mason jars of all shapes and sizes uh-huh. just stuffed with fucking loaves of bread, biscuits, you know, like like the the crispy biscuits, you know, like <laughs> like all, a whole host of bread products, right? Right, yeah. And then a firm line separating those breads from just jars full of cabbage and carrots and lettuce and just and that's what I am envisioning. The thought I keep getting is like when a kid catches a, a cricket or something and they just put like some grass <laughs> and then and, and just like poke holes in the top. Like that's the visual that I'm getting for some reason. I'm just right. picturing like biscuits and gravy in one jar mm-hmm. and like a, I don't know, a, and salad is vast. Like you, I could legitimately yeah, see salad's a broad pasta universe. salad being stored in a jar. Sure. Not with uh, bread like, in though. Like, what kind of sick person puts bread in a jar? Billy fucking Joel. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I guess croutons are technically bread. Uh, Croutons are definitely bread. And I guess it's not okay to store those in the salad jar. That's true. Right. I mean, they would get squishy because of the moisture trapped in the jar with the the produce. In the salad jar. Yeah. Can we not talk about food? I haven't had lunch yet, and I'm really hungry. No, we need to talk Why about- Why did you not arrive to the podcast having eaten, yeah, fuckers? I want to know more about your bread jars. <laughs> Don't bring up jars around Chris. Man, it doesn't go. What are you doing here? 
Look, I, I meant to say bowl, but I didn't because I'm I just hungry. Got that, David. That's really good. And I, I brought it up specifically because of Joe's poor filing habits and how nothing's categorized. And I was saying, you don't. Chris, you can't be in peak podcasting shape unless you've eaten a nutritious meal before recording. Right. Have it's a Snickers. True. I don't feel like you're <laughs> really committed to Sparkle Motion right now. <laughs> Wait, wait, uh, sparkle motion. That was the best line in that movie. I liked it too. Uh, we should uh, talk about the Russian sleep experiment, I think. Did you guys know that uh, Donnie Darko and Bubble Boy came out in the same year? We we talked about this already. Makes sense. I, I didn't know that specifically, but I'm not like surprised by it. That If I could just get a uh, poetry reading snapping applause for the people that give a shit. Yeah, like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with that information. No, like, no, I, I just want to see. I just think Okay, it's... there we go. Yeah, nobody cares, Chris. <laughs> nobody cares. You're lucky that you're pretty. That's all I'm going to say. Right? <laughs> it's a good thing you're good looking, buddy. Cause... It's a real value added to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about end. for me. That's like, the end know. of that joke mm. line because we can't top that. <laughs> can I can I tell the listeners about the Russian Jesus Christ? Sleep jo- yeah, it's fine. Fucking. Swear. I mean, we can just fucking bullshit for another two hours. What are we gonna and, do, and Joe? Give... After you do the intro, what are we gonna do? Clearly, talk about Chris's bread salad jar collection. Look, man, I felt that that was an important thing to document. All right, my apologies. <laughs> If you didn't feel that the fact that Chris stores his fucking bread in a jar, very says, separate. Man, what are you doing here? That was really good. Very <laughs> separate from his fucking salad. All right. You don't mix those two jars. And then you opened the door and now we're learning that Donnie Darko and Bubble Boy came out the same year. No, no. I didn't open that door. All right. No one ever closed that door. All right. There is no door. All right. It's just a gaping hole. Whoa. All right. A gaping hole. <laughs> Hole. I'm concerned. And now we're gonna put some pasta in it. <laughs> we are some creepy, some spooky pasta. spaghetti. Ooh. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Fill us in on this. Inf- fill us in. Fill it. Fill your hole. Just stuff it. Stuff your spaghetti hole. Stuff it with a mason jar. That will go over well. That has no, never got. Chris, Don't Google enough. that. Don't Google enough. All right. God. Isn't that a thing because of like the the seal that the jar creates? Like, isn't that really bad to do? Yeah, yeah, that's real bad. Don't do that. Don't turn it around. Don't just avoid mason jars and anuses entirely. Don't put anything that's not designed to be jammed in your butt in your butt. Is really the yeah. Like there are plenty of products everything, purpose built. Everything is designed to fit in your butt if that's not you true. have the ambition. Right. Or is That's your not butt true. designed to <laughs> swallow everything? There you go. I think it's it probably anything can go in your butt, but not everything can come back out. <laughs> <laughs> At least not with medical attention, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like dignity, for example. <laughs> dignity. Who has dignity? Let's hear, let's hear some more of, of those poetry snaps. Dignity? Anyone? No. Yeah. Okay. I record Brainworms podcast. So I left Dignity behind a year ago. <laughs> but yeah, creepy pasta. Russian sleep experiment, just in brief, just for context. A story that originated from a forum challenging users to create the scariest urban legend. 
it was credited to a user named Orange Soda, whose real name has been lost to time. Again, reputed to be one of the better creepypastas. We'll see. Isn't isn't Jeff the Killer considered one of the better creepypastas? It's one of the more popular right. ones. I don't know if that means it's considered better. I'm just curious really where this lands with the Slender Man for you guys. Yeah. I don't give a shit about Slender Man. Really? Um, nope, don't care. I think Slender Man's pretty cool. Yeah, this there's some there are some YouTube uh series that explore the Slender Man lore. I think Everyman Hybrid? Um yeah, I think um, it, Yeah, and it, it kind of has like student film energy, but it's it's actually very good. Here is my synopsis of Slender Man. As long as you don't try to explain it, you'll typically be fine. But as soon as they start like trying to detail it and like explore it more like you know it it just works as like a a function and that's it the thing that really grabbed my attention about slender man overall was the fact that it was uh like a lot of uh creepypastas these sorts of things it was specifically noted that this was fake like this is something that someone made up right that's baked into it there was someone who you could link it to with a name, a person who was like, yeah, I, I'm the person who made up that and put it out there first. Mm-hmm. It was just a creepy Photoshop that yeah. I did. And Marble Hornets. Marble Hornets. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's super. It, again, it like it kind of has student film energy, but it's very good. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. No, like good student film, not like. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it just kind of has that like we're not quite professional filmmakers yet. But we have a basic idea of storytelling yeah. and camera work exactly. and so on. Something about the Slender Man thing just caught attention of people in such a way that things like Marble Hornets and all these other. Uh, it became very popular, very flash meme kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think probably became as popular as the mothman for a while sure and then someone literally got killed over it as a result like yeah some kids killed their yep. friend to sacrifice her to slender man yeah i forgot that that happened yeah and that's that to me is fucking incredible like that's i don't know on a metaphorical uh if you will mystical level there's some shit to that just that idea and you know when it gets into to the original idea of of what memes and memetics are the idea of you know just someone did a photoshop that was spooky and said hey i did this spooky photoshop and that idea exploded in such a way that yeah that these children actually believed it so sincerely that they commit murder is crazy right i don't think that's a function of the memetic entity though i think those children would have murdered someone and sacrificed something else had uh maybe maybe not i mean it, it, in fairness we still tell a story about a guy who planned to sacrifice his own son to a meme so it's true and yeah it's, it's a fun microcosm about just kind of the power of an idea right to, to take root in people's brains and what that can lead to it's kind of uh i probably shouldn't even mention it on the air but uh roko's basilisk you know i know what that is but uh, our listeners may not know i what just that is. nodded at the microphone <laughs> uh, so if you want to explain it for uh, i don't need to explain it. if you want to explain it for the listeners that'd be great so uh you should look it up at some point there's a good uh, i don't need to i know it i know YouTube it. this is for the listeners video on it but basically it's the concept that an ai at some point could be created that would subjugate humanity effectively and force us all to be 
slaves of that AI and as a way of saving us, you know, to, and the only way to prevent that from happening would be to stop the AI from ever existing. But the very fact that we're talking about the existence of that potential AI means that it is very probable that it will one day exist and has in fact gone back in time to make us talk about it, to make it more likely that it becomes a thing. Right. So just mentioning it makes it more likely that it will happen. That's the thought experiment. And you can believe it mm -hmm. or not, whatever. There are better explanations of it. But uh, it's, yeah, one of those dangerous ideas they talk about. Sure. Maybe I'll put a link. Uh, David, if you want to send me that video, I'll probably link it cool. in the description to this video so you can follow up on that. But yeah, that's very interesting. And that's why I think that exploring creepypasta as a thing is kind of cool. Even though sometimes it's not very good. Same here. Basically just finding the diamond in the rough. Yeah. But before, unless unless somebody else has some shit that they want to say about Bubble Boy or, or bread, bread salads. <laughs> I thought you were going to come up with like comments generalized, but both of those are targeted at me. I just feel very threatened right now. You should, because uh, I'm going to fucking stab you because of the Slender Man. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah, that was wildly inappropriate. I might not leave that in the edit. <clears throat> but yeah, before we begin the spooky spaghetti time, I really like spooky spaghetti. I like spooky and it makes spaghetti me sad. too, yeah. I'm glad that someone does, because I always get a very unaffected response <laughs> when I make that joke. Yeah, you're it, it really funny. Okay. We're all okay. really proud of you. Okay, here's here's but anyway, what we do. We, we trademark skull meatballs. Meatballs in the shape of skulls. We sell it as spooky spaghetti. Million dollars. How would you... A mold, Joe. Make them cook in the shape of the... A mold. Duh. That might work. But yeah, don't forget, if you want to support our spooky spaghetti skull meatballs project, that uh, we have a Patreon that can be found at wegiveyoubrainworms.com. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. If you want to get into it, David. All right. The Russian Sleep Experiment. Russian researchers in the late 1940s kept five people awake for 15 days using an experimental gas-based stimulant. They were kept in a sealed environment to carefully monitor their oxygen intake so the gas didn't kill them, since it was toxic in high concentrations. This was before closed-circuit cameras, so they had only microphones and five-inch thick glass porthole-sized windows into the chamber to monitor them. The chamber was stocked with books, cots to sleep on but no bedding, running water and toilet, and enough dried food to last all five for over a month. Why? 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 Um, this doesn't sound like good scientific method. <laughs> the test subjects were political prisoners deemed enemies of the state during World War II. Which sounds more fictional, this or when What's-His-Face tried to make a half-human, half-ape hybrid? Bart Simpson? No, no, there was, there was like a, a Russian person who actually tried to have a, a person fuck a gorilla to get what this really happened what the fuck are you babbling this about? really happened i swear to god i you, i don't disbelieve you i think it may have been stalin i'm not sure stalin probably never fucked a gorilla <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> are you sure about that that's why i said probably <laughs> putin on the other hand almost certainly has fucked at least one gorilla 
I am questioning the methodology of this experiment. Like, why why did they specifically give them beds but not bedding? Yeah, that's just mean. Yeah, like you're just being a butthole. It's the Russian sleep experiment. Why even give them beds? Yeah, like if they just didn't give them a place, like they were just left to sit on the hardwood floor or whatever the fuck, then I'd be like, yeah, I'm on the train. But why give them cots? To what end? Mm, yeah, that's maybe we'll find out. Maybe. Everything was fine for the first five days. The subjects hardly complained having been promised, falsely, that they would be freed if they submitted to the test and did not sleep for 30 days. Their conversations and activities were monitored, and it was noted that they continued to talk about increasingly traumatic incidents in their past, and the general tone of their conversations took on a darker aspect after the four-day mark. Eventually, they decided to record a podcast where they read the many books that their prison was stocked with. Shh, it's not time for the origin story yet. <laughs> after five days, they started to complain about the circumstances and events that led them to where they were, and started to demonstrate severe paranoia. They stopped talking to each other and began alternately whispering to the microphones and one-way mirrored portholes. Oddly, they all seemed to think they could win the trust of the experimenters by turning over their comrades, the other subjects in captivity with them. At first, the researchers suspected this was an effect of the gas itself. Turn them in? I mean, admittedly, they're crazy paranoid. Like, that's the whole point. But, like, turn them in how? They already knew their crimes. <laughs> they were already locked up, in fact. Yeah. Hey, 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 instructors, these guys over here? Yeah, they did bad political things. Shh. These guys haven't been sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> After nine days, the first of them started screaming. He ran the length of the chamber, repeatedly yelling at the top of his lungs for three hours straight. He continued attempting to scream, but was only able to produce occasional squeaks. The researchers postulated that he had physically torn his vocal cords. Or perhaps the gas turned him into a mouse. The gas. The gas. The gas. They continued whispering to the microphones until the second of the captives started to scream. The two non-screaming captives took the books apart smeared page after page with their own feces, and pasted them calmly over the glass portholes. The screaming promptly stopped. They just wanted privacy so they could fuck. <laughs> so did the whispering to the microphone. Yeah, they were they were banging. Just very quietly. Very yeah. quietly. Yeah, at that point, it's not called banging. What would you call it? Uh, tapping? No, because you could say tap that ass, you know. Like, that that, that uh, still means rough fucking. Sweet, sweet love making. Yeah. After three more days passed, the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure they were working, since they thought it impossible that no sound could be coming with five people inside. Somebody's coming with five people inside. Mm, that's a lot of people. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, it may have been a bad idea to, you know, put the only viewport at, like, you know, reachable level. Yeah, I'd like to see the scientist certification because their methodology seems very poorly thought out. And, like, let's pretend that, like, you know, oh, it's being creepy. It's the, like nothing's being said. It's something happened to the microphone. Like, uh, but what if something actually happened to the microphone and some jackholes yeah. had to come in and like, hey, Dave, I'm uh, I, I'm sorry, it's 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 in Russia. So, hi, I'm Davi. I'm going to. <laughs> I don't, and, I don't. And, I mean, what accent was that, you dumb bastard? Yeah, that's that's not Russian. It's not <laughs> Russian at all. Um, I want to know how they checked the microphones hourly without going in. 
I want to know that too. We're not getting any sound from the microphone. Someone check them. Uh, they appear to not be picking any noise up. I'm just imagining that the they just have like all the repairmen are uh-huh. like they they have they are all suspected of political crimes. So when they send one guy to go in and fix the microphone, he is then added to the sleep experiment. He's just part of the experiment. Yeah, yeah sure. but, uh, but the mic keeps breaking, so they just have and, and the other repairmen <laughs> see the other guy go in and get like locked in there but they don't catch on they just keep sending them in mm-hmm. i don't think that's how it works <laughs> i mean apparently these prisoners are fairly gullible it's like <laughs> hey hey listen man like you've committed political crimes and and i feel like this person's operating from a fairly like entry level like oh yeah they're 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 russians so they're just bad guys gulags i've heard of those yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so like hey just just go in this box for a while and we're gonna pump gas at you and and if you do it, then then you won't be punished for your crimes. And they were like, yeah, seems legit to me. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, sure. I mean, what I want to know is like, okay, who gave these scientists their grant money? Right. Who's funding this? For, uh, to what end? Well, to find out what happens if people don't sleep yeah. for 30 so, days. <laughs> they die. <laughs> and And again, I think that might be coming from this writer's sort of very basic, like, Oh yeah, the Russian government is just evil, so they're just going to commit these atrocities for the the sake of it. Yeah, I mean, this would be much more realistic if it was the American government and these people were black. Yeah, yeah. That might have been a little too real. I'm sorry. MKUltra.com <laughs> The oxygen consumption in the chamber indicated that all five must still be alive. In fact, it was the amount of oxygen five people would consume at a very heavy level of strenuous exercise. That's because they're, they're fucking. definitely fucking. On the morning of the 14th day, the researchers, researchers did something they said they would not do to get a reaction from the captives. They used the intercom inside the chamber. Hoping to provoke any response from the captives, they were afraid were either dead or vegetables. Mmm, vegetables. They announced, we are opening the chamber to test the microphones. Step away from the door and lie flat on the floor, or you will be shot. Compliance will earn one of you your immediate freedom. To their surprise, they heard a single phrase in a calm voice response. We no longer want to be freed. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Debate broke out among the researchers and the military forces funding the research. Hey, there you go. Oh, there we go. Okay, it's a military project. Sure. That explains the uh, complete lack of humanity. (laughs) Yeah, or oversight. Yeah. Unable to provoke any more response using the intercom, it was finally decided to open the chamber at midnight on the 15th day. The chamber was flushed of the stimulant gas and filled with fresh air, and immediately voices from the microphones began to object. Three different voices began begging, as if pleading for the life of loved ones to turn the gas back on. The chamber was opened and soldiers sent in to retrieve the test subjects. Um... And, and this this tracks with the era. Could this have just been aerosolized methamphetamine? I get very because that would explain a lot, right? Please don't turn the gas off. Come on, come on, man, just a little more. When it gets low, I get itchy. <laughs> they began to scream louder than ever, and so did the soldiers when they saw what was inside. Four of the five subjects were still alive although no one could rightly call the state that any of them in life. Da-da-da! okay. The food rations past day five had not been so much as touched. 
There were chunks of meat from the dead test subject's thighs and chest stuffed into the drain in the center of the chamber, blocking the drain and allowing four inches of water to accumulate on the floor. It's a lot of piss. Precisely how much of the water on the floor was actually blood was never determined. All four surviving test subjects also had large portions of muscle and skin torn away from their bodies. Wow. I am thinking that probably the amount of water on the floor that was actually blood is roughly the amount that would have been inside of test subject number five initially. Yeah, that makes sense. That's probably it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The destruction of flesh and exposed bone on their fingertips indicated that the wounds were inflicted by hand, not with teeth, as the researchers initially thought. Closer examination of the position and angles of the wounds indicated that most, if not all of them, were self-inflicted. The abdominal organs below the rib cage of all four test subjects had been removed. Yeah, I think they're just crazy on math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> just just fucking bath salts. Yeah. Replace all of the setup and context with Florida man space, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, four Florida men were locked in a room. Yeah, that's fans. <laughs> While the heart, lungs, and diaphragm remained in place, the skin and most of the muscles attached to the ribs had been ripped off, exposing the lungs through the rib cage. All the blood vessels and organs remained intact. They had just been taken out and laid on the floor, fanning out around the eviscerated but still living bodies of the subjects. Again, sounds like the work of someone who's just heavily on amphetamines to me. The digestive tract of all four could be seen to be working, digesting food. It quickly became that apparent that what they were digesting while. was their own flesh that they had oh, okay. ripped off and eaten over the course of days. This doesn't really seem to, like, line up with... The Biology? Whole... Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Like, <laughs> Brylology? Yeah. You could have replaced the not sleeping with the Necronomicon, and it would make just as much sense. I mean, I, I think that's kind of the thrust of the thing, is that... It had to be just believable enough that it could be an urban legend. And I mean, I guess the idea here is that after like five days without sleeping and being pumped full of this gas, they had just... That's probably amphetamines. That is probably amphetamines. Yeah, you know, aerosolized meth and not sleeping for five days. You just tear your skin off, eat it, and (laughs) throw your organs into a nice little geometric pattern on the floor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And very precisely and surgically skin this victim, but still leave the blood vessels exposed mm-hmm, somehow mm-hmm. with your hands. That's why they got rid of their fingertips so their, you know, bony bones could. Oh, yeah, there you go. Little scalpels. Yeah, that makes sense. Kane would know about that. He formed uh, appendages. I did. Yeah. Most of the soldiers were Russian special operatives at the facility, but still many refused to return to the chamber to remove the test subjects. They continued to scream to be left in the chamber and alternately begged and demanded that the gas be turned back on, lest they fall asleep. (laughs) Just just do it. Just let them fucking eat each other in there. It's fine. To everyone's surprise, the test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber. Why was that a surprise? Well, I mean, they were basically just laying splayed out with their own blood vessels and internal organs lying in front of them. So, yeah, that's kind of (laughs) surprising. Again, this would make more sense if it was like they were left in a room with a Necronomicon. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think that it's, again, it's the the gas. It's it's one of those, what is it? Was it Arthur C. Clarke that said 
any science that's sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, yep, yeah. I, I think it's that. I, I think that the gas is like they're they're kind of dancing around this idea that the gas, which I still think is amphetamines, is some kind of weird voodoo science. Yeah, and that's what's doing this to them. Well, I, I cloud of old one. Yeah, <laughs> I disagree, Joe. I think the the gas is left nebulous because the writer had no other way to think to keep people awake. Also possible. Think about an amateur creepypasta writer. Like if, if they had this backstory of nebulous voodoo magic, you don't think they would explore that? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think communism was just a red herring. Uh, uh, <sighs> I'm going to rip my own vocal cords out now. <laughs> what, you don't, you don't like Clue? Not a Tim Curry kind of fan? Not, not oh yeah that yeah. wasn't clear yeah. that's right I, yeah. I thought that was just just you making that terrible joke no no i'm gonna go home and have sex with my wife that's right <laughs> <laughs> to everyone's surprise the test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber one of the russian soldiers died from having his throat ripped out another was gravely injured by having his testicles ripped off and an artery in his leg severed by one of the subject's teeth i think you would die from that yeah yeah, I would think so. I would I would hope so, honestly. Like, yeah. I'm kind of surprised that spec ops weren't prepared for martial combat. Well, again, they're laying on the floor with their own organs mm-hmm. arranged in front of them. I'm probably not going to think that person's putting up much of a fight. Exactly. Right. Another five of the soldiers lost their lives, if you count ones that committed suicide in the weeks following the incident. In the struggle, one of the four living subjects had his spleen ruptured, and he bled out almost immediately. Sucks when you vent your spleen. <laughs> See what you did there. The medical researchers attempted to sedate him, but this proved impossible. I want to be sedated. Shut he up. In- <laughs> he was injected with more than ten times the human dose of a morphine derivative and still fought like a cornered animal, breaking the ribs and arm of one doctor. When Hart was seen to beat for a full two minutes after he had bled out to the point that there was more air in his vascular system than blood. (laughs) Even after it stopped, he continued to scream and flail for another three minutes, struggling to attack anyone in reach and just repeating the words more over and over, weaker and weaker, until he finally fell silent. With a rebel yell, did he cry more, 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 would you say? At the midnight hour. Yeah, yeah. Considering that most of his blood was gone and all, and you know, I guess you could say he was sure was full of hot air. <laughs> you know, I actually went onto Amazon to try and order a slide whistle for such an occasion. <laughs> I kind of wish <laughs> Those you had. things are expensive. Are they really? Yeah, you know, like thirty bucks. Wow, Damn. that's more than I would have thought. Yeah. The surviving three test subjects were heavily restrained and moved to a medical facility, the two with intact vocal cords continuously begging for the gas, demanding to be kept awake. The most injured of the three was taken to the only surgical operating room that the facility had. In the process of preparing the subject to have his organs placed back within his body, it was found that he was effectively immune to the sedative they had given him to prepare him for the surgery. I was picturing the doctors when they pick up his organs, they shrug and start stuffing them in. <laughs> just, just, stuff, just stuffing them in there. It's like cleaning up after a game of operation. Yeah. Man, how, how do we fix it? I don't know. Just just keep pushing it in. It's like stuffing a turkey, just cramming them in the cavity. <laughs> he fought furiously against his restraints when the anesthetic gas was brought out to put him under. 
he managed to tear most of the way through a four-inch wide leather strap on one wrist, even through the weight of a 200-pound soldier holding that wrist as well. It took only a little more anesthetic than normal to put him under, and the instant his eyelids fluttered and closed, his heart stopped. In the autopsy of the test subject that died on the operating table, it was found that his blood had triple the normal level of oxygen. His muscles that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn, and he had broken nine bones in his struggle to not be subdued. This is so dumb. Most of them were from the force his own muscles had exerted on them. That is the implication. Yeah. The second survivor had been the first of the group of five to start screaming. His vocal cords destroyed, he was unable to beg or object to surgery, and he only reacted by shaking his head violently in disapproval when the anesthetic gas was brought near him. He should have waved his finger in disapproval, like, no, no, no. <laughs> he shook his head yes when someone suggested reluctantly they try the surgery without anesthetic, and did not react for the entire six-hour procedure of replacing his abdominal organs and attempting to cover them with what remained of his skin. <laughs> so the first time didn't work. Uh -huh. I guess we just try it again. Yeah. <laughs> just keep trying it, yeah. The surgeon presiding stated repeatedly that it should be medically possible for the patient to still be alive. It's an excellent typo because it literally <laughs> just... The surgeon presiding stated repeatedly that it should be medically possible for the patient to still be alive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can imagine a surgeon all lackadaisical like, oh, yeah, I know, a, I know a lady up on the third floor gets her intestines eviscerated every Friday. <laughs> this should be medically possible. This, yeah, yeah it's, it's probably <laughs> possible. It's fine. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for this, Joe. <laughs> Hey, you said that this story was good. I think I just forgot. <laughs> it's easy to uh, to forgive the, the typos when you're not hearing it out loud, too. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a thing. Like, because these creepypastas, like, they were posted on, like, something awful and, like, various, like, board-type websites. And then passed around and passed around. Until eventually they were put onto the Creepypasta wiki that's kind of compiled them all. But the typos never got fixed. Yeah, yeah that's fair, though. That, that's why it's a pasta. Yeah, that actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. Yeah. One terrified nurse assisting the surgery stated that she had seen the patient's mouth curl into a smile several times whenever his eyes met hers. He was trying to hit on her. <laughs> so, uh, you, you, like, you like the way my intestines dangle? <laughs> Look at my innards. Yeah. They're outies. <laughs> hey, after this surgery, you want to get some coffee? <laughs> Sugar tips. I don't have a bladder or a wiener anymore, but I'm sure you'll make it work somehow. <laughs> we'll make it work. You're very beautiful. Ugh, enough. <laughs> Do you just hate that voice? I don't like it. It's fucking Frank. <laughs> the guy fucking skinned on the table. It's Frank from Hellraiser. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. But with with the voice of Danny DeVito. <laughs> but yeah, decided. Oh, my, can you imagine Hellraiser if it was Oh Jesus! Danny now that's a that's an AMV or whatever that needs to be done. That's begging for it. Always sunny. Yeah, just, just throw me in the trash. <laughs> with Danny DeVito, <laughs> with, with Danny DeVito's physique. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> Yes. Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember the scene where the guy animates himself through the blood and all that? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, they thought they were going to save, you know, money on that because Danny is so much shorter. You know, you don't need as many effects, but, you know, they didn't account for the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know why that's funny to me, but it really is. <laughs> when the surgery ended, the subject looked at the surgeon and began to wheeze loudly, attempting to talk while struggling. <sighs> Assuming this must be something of drastic importance, the surgeon had a pen and pad fetched so the patient could write his message. No, it was no. simple. Drink keep your Ovaltine. Do <laughs> you think it's going to be something spooky? Keep cutting. The other two test subjects were given the same surgery, both without Why anesthetic they keep as doing well. This? Stuffing them full of guts. <laughs> Although they had to be injected with a paralytic for the duration of the operation, the surgeon found it impossible to perform the operation while the patients laughed continuously. Once paralyzed, the subjects could only follow the attending researchers with their eyes. The paralytic cleared their system in an abnormally short period of time, and they were soon trying to escape their bonds. The moment they could speak, they were again asking for the stimulant gas. The researchers tried asking why they had injured themselves, why they had ripped out to their own guts, and the why gas. they wanted to be given the gas again. Only one response was given. I must remain awake. All three subjects' restraints were reinforced, and they were placed back into the chamber, awaiting determination as to what should be done with them. Can't sleep. The clowns will eat me. Can't sleep. The clowns will eat me. <sighs> the researchers, facing the wrath of their military benefactors for having failed the stated goals of their project, considered what? euthanizing what the survivor subjects. What did they hope to accomplish by doing this? Russians, dude. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they learned what happened. Yeah. They definitely got a conclusion. <laughs> All right, we stuffed their organs back in. Like, I don't even know how to do that normally. Like, there's a bunch of linings and muscles that hold us. Just, just put them back in the room. It'll be hold fun. Hold on. D D David, just finish, because there's not much left. <laughs> the commanding officer, an ex-KGB instead, saw potential and wanted to see what would happen if they were put back on the gas. The researchers strongly objected but were overruled. Put them on the gas! In preparation for being sealed in the chamber again, the subjects were connected to an EEG monitor and had their restraints padded for long-term confinement. To everyone's surprise, all three stopped struggling the moment it was let slip that they were going back on the gas. It was obvious that at this point, all three were putting up a great struggle to stay awake. One of the subjects that could speak was humming loudly and continuously. The mute subject was straining his legs against the leather bonds with all his might, first left, then right, then left again for something to focus on. The remaining subject was holding his head off his pillow and blinking rapidly. Having been the first to be wired for EEG, most of the researchers were monitoring his brain waves in surprise. They were normal most of the time, but sometimes flatlined inexplicably. It looked as if he were repeatedly suffering brain death before returning to normal. We've all been there. As they focused on the paper scrolling out of the brainwave monitor, only one nurse saw his eyes slip shut at the same moment his head hit the pillow. I'm sorry, David, I thought we were reading the Russian sleep experiment, not what happens when people listen to brainworms. <laughs> wonk, 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 wonk. His brainwaves immediately changed to that of deep sleep, then flatlined for the last time as his heart simultaneously stopped. The only remaining subject that could speak started screaming to be sealed in now. His brainwaves showed the same flat lines as one who had just died from falling asleep. The commander gave the order to seal the chamber with both subjects inside as well as three researchers. One of the named three immediately drew his gun and shot the commander point-blank between the eyes, 
then turned the gun on the mute subject and blew his brains out as well. He pointed his gun at the remaining subject, still restrained to a bed, as the remaining members of the medical and research team fled the room. I won't be locked in here with these things, not with you, he screamed at the man strapped to the table. What are you? he demanded. I must know! The subject smiled. Have you forgotten so easily? the subject asked. We are you. We are the madness that lurks within you all, begging to be free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide from in your beds every night. We are what you sedate into silence and paralysis when you go to the nocturnal haven where we cannot tread. The researcher paused. And uh, let me guess, the researcher paused and shot him and shot himself, and I'm sorry. The researcher paused, then aimed at the subject's heart and fired. The EEG flatlined as the subject weakly choked out, so nearly free. Huh. Obviously he couldn't shoot himself, who would have told the story? The omniscient narrator, obviously. Again, this would have made way more sense if it was the Necronomicon, instead of just keeping them awake. The top comment here from uh, someone named Angel Kim Degavzi Uh a day ago is just, bruh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. All right, well, uh, how do we uh, feel about that time? Could have been worse. Yeah, I mean, so obviously... I mean, it's a creepypasta. It goes without saying it's not real. Like, you know, and it's unsourced. Wait, it's not? I thought this was a true story, David. Hold on. (laughs) And in general, the like horror vibe of the whole thing, the terrible things that I think it would have been stronger if it had been the experimenters doing it to them rather than them doing it to themselves. That kind of muddies the whole thing. Right. It does make it seem more like something... Chris is right, you know, this would be better with a, like, Necronomicon supernatural kind of twist. Sure. I mean, I guess it's just the gas keeping them awake. So, yeah, it would be an interesting thing, and I'm kind of surprised I haven't seen it in some form of media where having a story where people just in a fucking trap house or something are on a shitload of meth or some kind of experimental meth analog drug Mm -hmm. that uh keeps them awake and makes them do this to themselves that'd be a cool scene in a movie or like a short film or something right and like in the early 2000s i remember there being quite a few movies like a spun and the salton sea that were specifically about like meth culture right and yeah i'm kind of surprised that something like this didn't come out of that god i'd love some meth right now (laughs) one thing that i want to say before i I forget it feels like the writer of this had a cool creative idea which was what if we're all insane horrible monsters on this deep down level and sleeping is what keeps that at bay Mm -hmm. like okay cool i want to turn that into a thing and then everything else was just driving to that idea with reckless abandon yeah i mean so like the idea yeah that that, that's an interesting idea just it was just enough to get to that point and then we're done (laughs) that's yeah that's that's pretty much exactly what happened here yeah 
Mm -hmm. Uh, There's not a lot of nuance. I mean, there aren't characters so much. I don't think anyone in this, maybe a little bit of characterization of the last scientist and then like the second survivor that they talk about being the guy to like smile at the nurse. Right. You know, it is. It's a campfire story just printed, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. It's all built up to the ending. Right. And then her head fell off. Like that's the whole, it's just a build up to the conclusion. And when you look at this from the context of like a high schooler wrote it, it's like, you know, hey, that's that's not too bad. You know, keep writing, keep doing your ideas. Mm-hmm. As soon as you take it out of that context, it just crumbles. Sure. Well, sure. I think that judging things like this, you can't really judge folklore by literary terms right at least not in the same way and that's very much what this is this is you know folklore i can't say one thing for certain this was way better than jeff the killer yes oh my god night and day it was yeah it was noticeably better than jeff the killer all right well does anybody else have anything to add what's there to add joe i don't know that's why i fucking asked you what would there be to add joe why 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 (laughs) are you like this there is a, a discussion a recent discussion here in the comments on this uh Never read comment. Never read discussion page comments over whether or not this actually happened. <laughs> <sighs> it's definitely true because if you have your guts open, you'll bleed to death. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. See that, that they had. The, see again, like if it was the Necronomicon and like, but they were still alive, then it makes sense. Yeah. And they, and, but, but I, again, I, I think that like there was something they were trying to construct with it being a science experiment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they succeeded. And again, I, I do think maybe it works as just like an urban legend. But yeah, it would have been more interesting if it were some sort of voodoo or necromancy or something. Like imagine a short film mm-hmm. where it's a bunch of researchers in an Arctic research facility sure. in Russia, you know, say. And uh, they don't get locked in there for political reasons or anything like that. It's just they're researching something, some gas Mm -hmm. leak, maybe. And it just happens to them because they find that it's keeping them awake. And yeah, I I could see that just in general being both more compelling and also maybe more realistic. Sure. Which is interesting because, again... You know, I, I think that's what they were trying to construct was something that was plausible as like an urban legend. Right. And yeah, I, I don't know if they succeeded. And uh, another thing is that the horror is not well focused upon. Like the whole sleep experiment aspect of it is just a vehicle to get us to the weird gore. Right. Because the real horror in the original idea is the concept like you imagining wanting to sleep so badly that you do terrible things i've been in that position on multiple occasions yeah i would do some fucked up things to people yeah like that's the horror not we didn't sleep and then we turned into monsters like like necronomicon monsters if it was oh you know seeing light keeps you awake so they tore their eyes out then it would have some kind of like thematic interweaving yeah ordinarily i i kind of dismiss everything you say but that actually does make more sense that they were deprived of sleep to the point that 
they became monsters just to get some fucking sleep. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Although, uh, yeah, I mean, the inverse is kind of true here where they've apparently stayed without sleep for so long that something inside of them tripped and woke up. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end, it's like, yeah, we're the thing that stays inside of you that can't come out because you sleep. Yeah, and we're if you very don't weirdly sleep, articulate. Well, you know, it's, and having you know lived for a while with someone who sometimes has manic phases, there are times that you can say that if someone goes without sleep for long enough, they do become a monster of sorts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can get animalistic responses if you get someone angry and drunk enough. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kane is just going through life barely suppressing a murderous rage <laughs> at the best of times. That's not true. Sometimes he doesn't suppress it at all. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to, to step on your thunder. There. <laughs> Vice Admiral joke explainer. <laughs> yep. Sometimes I just don't repress it at all. <laughs> I mean, have we covered everything? Do I need to stay here? Can I go into the furnace? I think we've made our point. Unless, again, unless someone has something to add. What the fuck? Who has anything to add? And then we have another like 10 or 15 minute conversation. Kane. All I'm saying is, is bread jar and salad jar. You keep them separate. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And definitely keep them separate from the cum jar. Oh, God. Yeah. Do not make that mistake again. Don't (laughs) refrigerate. You're saying don't don't refrigerate anything that comes out of you. Yeah, because then it won't <laughs> crystallize and make your, your Cheo crystals in the sun. That's shockingly good life advice, Chris. <laughs> it actually is, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, is it though? <laughs> like, is it? Uh, the, the only exception being if you need some kind of samples for a medical test then you might want to refrigerate them. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess if you lose a tooth and drop it in milk. Put it in milk, okay, yeah. Okay, so so real quick, j- j- okay, to clarify, um, if a medical profession, if, okay, if, if someone in a lab coat asks you to refrigerate your piss, first ask to see their medical license, and then do what they tell you to do. Yeah, don't trust the lab coat. Just, yeah. get greater documentation. You can just buy a lab coat. Listen to me, listeners. Hear me well. Do not trust people in lab coats. <laughs> All right. And with that, I'm going to go jump in the furnace. You guys yeah. go fuck yourselves. Sure. Uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and click the follow bell on YouTube. Go to wegiveyoubrainworms.com. You can find our Patreon and our other projects thing that we do. I'm not really all that sorry about this. I, I think that, you know, the Russian sleep experiment was at least decent to read through. It wasn't as painful as some of the other shit that we've read. It's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. I'm going to push the button now. This has been a production of Brainworms Podcast. Any copyrighted content contained within is used for purposes of review. Brainworms Podcast is David Combs, Kane Magdalene, Christian Schaefer, and Joseph Wells. The theme music is Hodgepod Number 1 by Brian Davis. If you like what you heard, you can support us and learn about our other projects at wegiveyoubrainworms.com or by leaving a review on your favorite listing app.
The gas. The gas. The gas. Uh, just throw me in the trash.